Our scripture this morning is from Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 37 and 41 through 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must first be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Welcome to this place. My name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are beginning a three-sermon series, Susan and I, uh, which will be truncated or interrupted by the day of consecration. And we'll have a guest preacher here for that day, and he'll share with us some important truths about giving and about committing our lives to Christ financially and with our gifts and, and our services and our time and our talent. So today, I want to begin with the theme, measuring your life. Measuring your life. Measuring your life today by whom you serve. Now this week, I was calling and speaking to someone I met here in the last year. Her name is Lucy Sanguinetti. Her son, uh, Witt, and her daughter-in-law, Claire, are part of our church. But Lucy grew up in Macomb, Mississippi. Uh, and so I was asking her if she knew a certain man that I knew from Macomb. And she said, I remember him vaguely. And we were talking about this idea of serving. And she said, well, let me tell you a story. She says, my daddy's name was Benny Jenkins. He was pat to his grandkids. My daddy was one of those guys who never met a stranger. When he went to the post office every day to get his mail, and there was this big old post office on Delaware Avenue in, in Macomb, and you walk in, he'd get his mail, pull it out of the box, close the box, walk into the office there every day. And he would thank the people who got the mail from the bags and put it correctly into his box. He just thought that was a big deal. He'd leave and go on his way. Sometimes he would go to the grocery store, and he, when he got his groceries and he was standing in line, he would thank the, the grocery checker for organizing his groceries, putting them in the bags the best way and putting them in his basket. Sometimes he would tip them. When he would go to um, <clears throat> Southwest Medical Regional Center, the hospital there in Macomb, he'd visit friends in the church or in the community, and when a nurse would come in the room, he would thank the nurse for being there and taking care of his friends. He would go to the station where the volunteers are, the pink ladies. Jerry Clower's mama was one of those ladies. I met her when I was a young preacher back there. He'd always go say thank you to the pink ladies for giving their time at the hospital. And on the day he died, it was a Sunday morning. He was sitting at the, at the breakfast table doing his Sunday school lesson. And he fell over of a heart attack. Lucy said, but when they looked in his pocket, he was dressed with his coat and tie on. They found a slip of paper, and they found several slips of paper and other blazers in his closet. 
And and this phrase said, do something today for someone that will bless them that they couldn't do for themselves. Lucy said, when we got to the funeral, when we had the visitation, she said, lots of people came up to me that I didn't know in Macomb. And they told me about my daddy, Mr. Benny, and what a kind man was he was, what a generous man he was, and how thoughtful he was. She said, his legacy today gets lived out in our family. In particular, he taught his grandchildren well. Have you ever thought what is going to be on your epitaph when you're no longer on this side of glory? What will people who lived closest to you remember how you lived your life? What will linger in the minds of coworkers or employees when you die? Who will come to pay their respects? Well, I want you to consider with me over the next few weeks, we'll be asking some questions of substance, which are both qualitative and quantitative. Today, the question is, What gives your life meaning? What gives your life meaning? One of the answers I would offer today is to measure the meaning of your life by who and how you serve. Jesus had a lot to say about serving. The text that was read this morning illustrates Jesus' understanding of having a meaningful life. If you want to be great, you must first learn to be humble. If you want to be first, then you need to go and begin at the back of the line. Ralph Jacobson offers some insights that's been helpful to me this week in my study. He said in chapters 8 to 10, there are three different times when Jesus reveals to the disciples his truest identity. You may recall one of those stories is in chapter 8. The disciples in Jesus are over by the Mediterranean. They're in the community of Philippi in Caesarea. And Jesus asked them one evening, what are people saying about me? You remember what they said. Some said, you're John the Baptist. Some said, you're Elijah. Jesus said, no. Who do you say that I am? You may remember that it it was Simon Peter that said, you're the Messiah. Well, that's true. You are the Messiah. But he didn't know what kind of Messiah Jesus was going to be. The disciples who followed Jesus, they saw him heal the sick, feed the multitudes, and raise the dead. They saw him as the Christ, the anointed one of God. But they didn't understand what kind of Christ Jesus would truly reveal. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. James and John in our text realized that Jesus is a ruler of all of creation, but they failed to understand how Jesus rules. Having been told by Jesus that he would suffer and die, they asked if they could sit in the place of honor when he came in all his glory. They didn't get it. To follow Jesus is to serve. In serving others, life has meaning and purpose. How does that happen in your life? How are you making your life meaningful? I want to be real pragmatic over the next few minutes. 
If you're a parent or have been a parent, do you or did you expect your children to participate in learning the essentials in the household? Did they learn by making up their beds and keeping their rooms clean? I don't see anybody squirming. Did they take out the trash or empty the dishwasher? Now, children have, have age-appropriate tasks. Are your tasks, are their tasks appropriate at your house? Or do you just clean up behind them and do it yourself because it's easier? You see, having a place to practice is important. Even family structures are changing. Roles for the man and the woman or the head of the household may not be the same as they were 50 or even 20 years ago. And yet in our families, parents have the opportunity to model what it means to serve. If you are married, how do you serve your spouse? I knew a couple in my, one of my former churches for over 50 years, every morning, he came to bed to give her a warm cup of coffee. If he wasn't sick or he wasn't out of town, every morning he brought her that cup of coffee. The reason I know that is she was sitting in my office a month after his funeral, and we were remembering their love for one another. Serving gives meaning. I'm grateful that our church provides every age level an opportunity to serve. We provide an instrument. This is called responding to God's love. Inside it, you'll found, find opportunities to serve God through the ministry of this church. It tells you specifics. It tells you how often you serve, why you serve, and whom you serve. So like a healthy family that teaches children the welfare and strength of its own family by teaching them service at home, we want to give you that opportunity. Whether within the congregation, Lindsay talked about teaching Sunday school. What a great gift and how powerful that is. They teach little ones, the ones that wiggle a lot. There are opportunities in our community and beyond. And I know that God has called many of you to move out of your comfort zone here in Hattiesburg to ser serve in a variety of ways. Some of those have made the headlines. Some of them haven't. My guess is that many of the activities and ministries and serving of this church go unnoticed except to people who receive them. I've discovered the eligibility for college scholarships at University of Southern Mississippi in particular are influenced by students' community service and, be, and involvement beyond sports and academics. That means money in your pocket. But when I think of making a life meaningful, I think of other people who've influenced my life. Some of them are very famous kinds of people that we all know in common. But I think about people in my journey. One in particular lived in Macomb, Mississippi. I met him the summer of 1980 when I was a youth intern at the Centenary United Methodist Church. His name was David Tobias. 
David was on the staff and worked with the pastor there at Macomb. The pastor of that church was the founding pastor of this church some 75 years ago. His name was Nathan Andrew Dixon. We called him N.A. And he and David worked closely together. They worked also off campus. They loved gardening. They helped each other in each other's gardens. They were good at yard work. They went fishing together. They were buddies. David had a heart for people. No matter what the task, no, how, no matter how menial, he, if you ask him, he had the time. He would meet with you and work with you and, and have fun with you. And when N.A. and his wife retired from that church and moved over to Columbia for, for a couple of years, David went as often as he could to visit to help them with their retirement house, their yard, their garden, you name it. David and N.A. worked together. Now both of them are in heaven. I went to N.A.'s funeral. It was the last time that I saw David, and he greeted me with a smile. When David died, the Centenary United Methodist Church was packed standing room only for people to come and, and celebrate David's life. His title was custodian, but his witness had a great impact in the community. It reminds me of a fellow who was here in this room this morning around 6 o'clock. And he was setting up the chairs that you sit in this morning. He was probably whistling or singing a hymn. And he was making coffee. See, we call him Buford. And he's been here for 40 years. Buford has a real meaningful life. So you want a good life? You want to be remembered by people after you're gone? You want your children or your grandchildren to have a legacy of learning what it means to follow Jesus Christ? Then learn to serve someone else, someone close by, someone here in the community, or participate in serving people beyond Hattiesburg and our church. Learn about sacrifice and putting others first and paying attention, which is what Jesus did best of all. He paid attention to people around him. He listened. He saw. He recognized people folks didn't recognize. And he loved them. And it changed their lives. If you want to have a meaningful life, learn to serve. And if you do it long enough and often enough, it will become a joy and an experience that will live on in you and in on the lives of others. I think that's a pretty good way to measure your life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Oh God, we thank you that in Jesus and in people that we know, that we've learned from and that we've begun to practice, that our lives will be meaningful as we continue to grow in our understanding of serving others. We thank you for this church's ministry and how it serves others and how in that service people are drawn into fellowship 
and are enriched and find truth and experiences in their lives that make it meaningful. May today we even grow more. May we grow in our desire to serve and our ability to serve. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.